0: And a happy Macari Vickers week to everyone out there. Come on. When's the last time? Oh, you got a commitment. It seems like forever. Well, just hold on until Friday. If you can hold on until Friday night, until halftime of a a Macari Vickers football game in Tallahassee, Florida, then Parker Thune will all get back on the good track of good news on the recruiting side. But a happy Macari Vickers week to you. And to everyone else. Uh, likewise, my friend, mm-hmm. it is Macari
1: Vickers week. and <laughs> Now the big question becomes, is it also Anthony Evans I, week? Yeah. That uh, is uh, a
0: <laughs> little bit more uncertain at this time. Because it is a drastic difference in how far you're going to shoot up the rankings if you just get Macari Vickers compared to if you get Macquarie Vickers and Anthony Evans. Vickers a four-star safety out of Tallahassee. Evans a four-star wide receiver out of Converse Judson in uh, in Texas. So here's the difference, Parker. I did the cal- uh, class calculator today. If you just get Macquarie Vickers, you will jump LSU – you're gonna jump up to what the number six class? Number six class. If you get both Vickers and Evans, oh buddy, then we're talking about something. You jump up to the number four class, and you are right on the heels of Notre Dame at number three. Right on the heels of Notre Dame at three. Interesting. I I wonder what could leapfrog Oklahoma huh. past Notre Dame. See, Parker says that he can't stand talking about Peyton Bowen. We're not even two minutes hey, into the show hey, on I didn't Monday, and he any brings names. him don't, up. Don't there be you go. dragging names. Maybe into he's this mentioning game. Keon Keeley. Let's get the message. Going with that, that Parker thinks Keon Keeley is going to pick OU. That's what something that would really make my Monday. Oh boy! Mm. Apparently,
1: apparently, <laughs> we're not getting too far off from a final decision from both Peyton Bowen and or Ryan Yates. However, if I if I had a nickel for every time I'd heard those words and or said those words. Uh, My piggy bank would be chock full right about now. If you could just
0: get the the kids from Denton Geyer in this class, you might have a top 25 class in this year's recruiting rankings because there's so many... Good players out of Geyer this year. Like they're, I mean, Ditton Geyer always puts out good players, but they got some high level dudes this year. Uh, McCauley Vickers, for those of you that aren't very familiar with him, 24 7 composite, which that combines 24 that 7. That combines rivals. That, it, that combines on three. Just kind of the collective thought from the. Kind of the recruiting side, all the uh, all the different websites. Yeah, he's ESPN the number eighty-five.
1: Is, ESPN is also
0: involved. Lord knows why. Number uh, number eighty-five overall player in the number six safety in this year's class. So, this is a big time big time defensive get. Yes. Also important distinction,
1: just so we're all clear, so everyone listening to this show is on the same page. Yes, Macari Vickers is classified as a safety on most recruiting publications slash websites. No, he is not being recruited to Oklahoma as a safety. He is being recruited as a cornerback.
0: There. We're straight. Okay, Continue. It, it sounds like you have to deal with that quite a bit.
1: Yeah, I do. It's become – and there are, some, there are some people that are they, – they're riding a very high horse right now. And they're like, no, he's a, regardless of what they're recruiting him as, he's going to end up playing safety. And look, Macari Vickers I, – I, I talk to the kid a lot, and he has said to me, look – Oklahoma is recruiting me as a cornerback. They may move me around in the defensive backfield. A kid with his versatility and overall athletic profile uh, obviously will have the capacity to bounce around if need be, and that will be the case regardless of whether he ends up a Sooner, a Wolverine, or an Elephant. But Macari Vickers is being recruited to Oklahoma as a cornerback that is the Sooner staff's design for him is that he would slide in alongside Jacoby Johnson and Josiah Wagner as a true cornerback moving forward because the Sooners are poised to lose a lot of depth at that position over the next year or two because you think beyond 2022 you're probably not getting Woody Washington back after this year. Odds are Woody Washington's headed to the league. C.J. Colden is a two-year rental. Basically, He's going to have the option to come back for season number seven of college football uh, in 2023, but he's done one way or another after that. Um, Trey Morrison is a one-year rental straight up. This is his final year of eligibility. Uh, what does the future hold for guys like DJ Graham, Joshua Eaton, Jaden Davis isn't going to be here beyond 2023. So you are going to need to add depth at cornerback
0: in the next couple classes. Yeah, and safety corner, I mean, whatever he's listed at, whatever he's actually going to be, you're going to get a top 90 player nationally from the state of Florida when a lot of SEC schools and a lot of teams in the Southeast really wanted him. This is just another example of what the staff is doing already out on the recruiting trail. Now, you've got some skins on the wall, Parker, when it comes to linebacker play and defensive line play with Todd Bates. Going to get a top 90 player nationally, that's going to be a DB for you. It just kind of shows me that they're not going to... They're not going to just specialize and recruit really well out of this region with just defensive linemen or just linebackers. It's at all three levels of the defense. We're seeing it with this class. They're getting elite players. You got it in your own backyard with Jacoby Johnson, four-star athlete that's going to be a defensive back for you. Now you go out to Florida and get a top 90 player nationally. This is just another, and we've had many of these already, and some are still to come, but this is another message, I think, kind of to the rest of the landscape of college football that – OU's going to go national here, and they're going to go on the hotbeds and have some success.
1: Well, and when was the last time they were legitimately in the running for a kid like Macari Vickers? All right, they Oklahoma has been able to get elite defensive backs in years past if those elite defensive backs were from the Sooners' backyard, basically. Wheelhouse. And a lot Oklahoma of
0: times, slash is, Texas. if those were Tulsa kids, they were going Ohio State or Michigan. That wasn't that long ago. That's
1: true. Mm. Think back to Dax Hill and Josh Proctor in 2018. That was the case. But, no, you think about it, I and don't quote me on this, I might be completely spacing on somebody. But as far as I can recall, most recently, if you disregard Billy Bowman, who was recruited as an athlete, and they didn't know when they signed him which side of the ball he was going to play, if you disregard Billy Bowman, the last time the Sooners got any defensive back ranked as highly as Macari Vickers was in the class of 2017 when they signed Justin Broyles out of Oklahoma City and Robert Barnes out of DFW. Yeah. So when you're thinking about when the last time was that they went to a place like Florida and got this good of a defensive back, this highly regarded as a of a defensive back, it has been a long time.
0: And he's not the only one. You guys hear me talk about all the time. I love that this state or this staff is getting in the state of Florida, and I got some numbers for that today. Come on. on to prove on why it's so great that OU's already having early success in Florida, but you get LeBl- Derek LeBlanc. Four-star, uh, four-star defensive player out of the state of Florida. Right, you get Lewis Carter, an up-and-coming backer out of Tampa. Uh, you get a three-star wide receiver, Keon Brown. I don't count Phil Pachotti because he's from Pennsylvania. He's playing his high school football at IMG this year. But then you add, uh, you add Vickers. Like they're getting elite defensive talent in the state of Florida already. And on three, ran the numbers of where their top three hundred players. Which state is the most represented? Florida is we almost the number one in terms of the 2023 class of where the best players in the country are coming from. It's still Texas number one, but Florida is right behind at number two. You already know that you can get Texas, and now you're getting into Florida. If you can routinely dip in on the number one and number two states in terms of talent, that's, that's a good spot to be in. Well, and we knew this was going to happen when Brent Venables took the job.
1: right? We knew at that point that Oklahoma was going to make a parry into the state – of Florida, And you saw it right off the bat. One of the first offers the new staff made was to Jaden Gibson. Another one of the first offers they made was to R. Mason Thomas. They pulled two guys down the stretch out of the Sunshine State in the 2022 cycle. We all figured at a certain point in time, Venables and this staff were going to be able to go to Florida and battle for the best of the best, especially on the defensive side of the football but that has happened immediately, Tyler. And yeah. I'm not sure that's something anybody bargained for. Very few would have bargained
0: for it. Uh text line, by the way, just says DJ Hicks would put us at number two. Yeah, if that one were to drop soon. I Like we told you on Friday, the top five class was kind of the pie in the sky thing. Oh, if everything drops well right here. Oh, you could be a top five. Let's start having a conversation to top three class, yeah, shall the, we? The pie is no longer in the sky. The pie is sitting there on the table. Yes, it is. And if things go right this week, you will be a top five class come Saturday morning. Macari Vickers really looking like a sure thing. Um, I, I I I don't hear any scuttle as to watch out for this team late. Of course, it sounds like Bama would take him if they could. But do you hear anybody at all that has a real chance to get in on this thing late? Because no, I, 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 I I
1: don't. I fully expect Macari Vickers to be a sooner.
0: That appears to be, and has long appeared
1: to be the slam dunk of the two decisions that are being made by priority Oklahoma targets on August
0: 26th. Text line says, wait, I thought this staff couldn't recruit. Ah, that's why you don't always listen and take the national perspective as the gospel, because that was the take three months ago, four months ago. Remember when we all made fun of, LonghornsWire.com for saying that OU football recruiting is in shambles. Joey Hickey, where you at, homie? And you can't, OU can't recruit Florida, or excuse me, OU can't recruit Dallas, and A&M is just owning in Houston right now. Um, okay, yeah, how, how's that take looking right now? Because OU's got a great chance to be top five, and like we're saying, possibly even top three. It's gonna be a good week for OU recruiting. Just go ahead and put that down, write it on your calendar, put it in your reminder on your iPhone, whatever you do, whatever you need, just go ahead and write it down. This will be a good week for OU recruiting. What will make it a great week for OU recruiting is if they get Anthony Evans, four-star wide receiver, out of the state of Texas. It looks like almost like a coin flip between OU and Georgia, but I saw a couple crystal balls today, Parker, that have um, Brandon Drum had one. And I forget who else had the other crystal ball in for Georgia over OU in this recruitment. Yeah, well, and the industry has been divided for quite some time
1: as to where he ends up on August 26th when he makes his decision, which is this coming Friday, same day as Makari Vickers. I, I still believe in my heart of hearts that in Anthony Evans' heart of hearts, he wants to be at Oklahoma. So I'm going to stand by my OU prediction for now. That is very subject to change because I think a lot is subject to change in this recruitment over these final days. And this could be one that you you see some late movement in the process, and you may see things swing wholly in Oklahoma's direction or in Georgia's direction. But right now it is a very, very tight race between those two programs, and I don't think Anthony Evans is decided one way or another as to where he's going to go to school yet.
0: Uh, Text line, we were told you could not recruit elite talent to Oklahoma. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we were told. We were told in an article. And I know all of you out there, the hashtag ref Twitter army, is keeping receipts of that one. And when December rolls around, and not only does OU have a much better regular season than USC, but they have a much higher-ranked class than USC. Dude, the month of December, it's already great that Christmas is there. Christmas is going to come way sooner, Parker, than December 25th for OU fans. Christmas for OU fans is going to come probably in that first, second week of December when you get to look back at the season. Who had a better year between OU and USC? And then you get that first signing day and say, huh, that's interesting. The guy that said that you can't recruit talent here, elite talent, got massively out-recruited by his uh, his old job in his first full recruiting cycle. I'm telling you, the month of December is going to be awesome. You just hope freezing cold takes is all over that one, don't you? They should be. If they're doing their job correctly, then yes, they'll they'll be all over that one. One listener asks, Parker, you heading down to Allen for the huge game against Bosco? Watch your boy Hawkins against
1: a top team in the country? Answer to that is yes. You're yes. going to see Michael Hawkins will, this I weekend? I will be at Allen this weekend, Woo! Friday night, to watch Michael Hawkins. So whenever the decisions do come down from Anthony Evans and Macari Vickers, I'm going to be down on the sidelines at Eagle
0: Stadium. Does Allen have the best high school facility in the state of Texas or really in this area? And if not Allen, then who is it? Because you know they made a huge deal six, seven years ago when they built that massive stadium out there. Yeah, Um Allen is probably the most impressive, I would say.
1: I think Melissa High School, which is where Nigel Smith, the four-star defensive lineman in the 2024 class where he goes to school, uh, they are in the midst of doing a whole bunch of construction that is going to put them in that conversation as well. But, yes, for now, Allen is kind of the gold standard.
0: I have the uh, app map pulled up right now to see where everyone's listening from. How about this? Bradenton, Florida, Parker. We've got Seattle, Washington is on the board. Come on, we've got Metairie. Louisiana, where someone once stole my credit card on Bourbon Street and maxed out all the money that I had in my account the night before the Sugar Bowl one time. They spent it all in Metairie, Louisiana. Would that that have been? That That was the OU Alabama Sugar Bowl? OU Alabama uh, Sugar Bowl, yeah. Bakersfield, California, and McCook, Nebraska. We're just all over the continental United States right now. And, hey, if you want to download the app like all these people around the country have, just search KREF in the App Store. You can get us there wherever you're at on the go. We are locked in. It is the ref. We're the homeless sooner fans. More to come next. Locked in with McComas and Thune. Live on the ref, we're the homeless sooner fans. Tyler McComas, Parker Thune. People are checking in on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Springtown, Texas, uh, Springtown, Texas, home of the Porcupines, is on the list, Parker. We've got uh, Austin, Texas. They're in the jet on their way back to the 918 leaving Texas as quickly as their potential of a winning season. Talking about UT, of course. Mm, love it. Uh, Lost City, Oklahoma is on the list. Nashville is check uh, checking in. Budapest, Hungary is on the list. Uh, someone just said Katy. I don't know if they're checking in from Katy or if saying Katy is a nicer facility than Allen, Texas. But uh, we've got a lot of people on the text line, which is, uh, which is really cool. Also, excellent text from Jesse G who says, Lincoln was right. He couldn't recruit an elite class here. Now he's discovering that he cannot recruit an elite class at USC either. Time for that B-hole to look in the mirror. Yeah, um, you know, and we've talked about it before, man, is that, you know, if you look back 20 years ago, it's Texas, it's Florida, and it's California. Those, by far and away, seem like those were the three best states in terms of overall recruiting talent. I think even 10 years ago, that probably would have held up, but I think that we're seeing a shift a little bit in that state. And that was the case last year. California had the fourth most top 300 players in last year's cycle. Same thing here, Parker. Top 300 players, 52 are from the state of Texas, 51 are from the state of Florida, 28 are from the state of Georgia, 21 are from California, Alabama has 19, Louisiana has 16, Oklahoma is down at 5. But I think if there is a state in the union that has seen just the overall recruiting change more than any other. Like, California is not the overall state in terms of talent that it, that it used to be. Georgia has made a huge climb, but California is closer to Alabama and Louisiana right now for top in talent than they are Georgia and Florida and Texas. Well,
1: and don't ask me to get too deep into the weeds on why this is the case because I don't know, but it seems that the theme in California has increasingly become – uh, and in a, in a certain way, this is perfect for Mule Shoe.
0: A lot of skill guys, not a lot of big boys. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's exactly what he's going to recruit, like you're saying. But um, I don't feel whereas OU right now is going national to get those big time defensive linemen, to get those backers, to get those defensive backs. USC ain't going to be able to go national. Like USC might be able, and I understand that they got. What a was it a three star backer out of Louisiana? Four star backer Zachary out of Louisiana. Chris, yep. Um, we'll see if that one holds up or not. But that's one of the few instances where they've been able to. I just don't think USC is going to make a big name in the state of Florida or the state of Georgia or Texas. Like the recruiting narrative out there is probably what it was his entire time at OU, which is, well, you can go out there, but if you're a D lineman, a linebacker, a secondary pet, why would you go out to USC? They're not going to develop you. Well, and think about this, Tyler. Los
1: Alamitos is a 10-minute drive from USC's campus. What happens if in year one, Muleshoe proves that he can't even build the wall around the city of Los Angeles? Because if Malachi Nelson goes elsewhere, if Makai Lemon goes elsewhere, if T.A. Cunningham gets away now, then a lot of folks out there are going to start to get disgruntled. Because... All of a sudden, not only can Muleshoe not go national, but he also can't keep dudes home that want to play at USC. Make no mistake, Malachi Nelson wants to play at USC. I don't know if he wants it more than he would like a $20 million check, but he wants to be
0: at USC. So, what happens if a guy like that gets away? Well, you know exactly what happens. The whole narrative completely spins, and it's, oh my gosh! Well, maybe this guy isn't as awesome as we thought. If you can't recruit at USC, where can you actually do it? No, And you and I both predicted last week that he's ultimately going to decommit from USC. And uh, the text line is with us. It's going to be really hilarious when that happens. I am curious what the the outcry was or what the reaction was because I saw Malachi Coleman, what, yesterday afternoon, four-star, I think he's listed as an athlete from the state of Nebraska. He tweets out, where's home? And it's a picture of him in a bathtub. He is clothed, by the way. But it's a picture of him sitting in the bathtub with all of his official offers and all his letters on top of him. But what was very noticeable was the hat that he was wearing in said photo that looks like the Nebraska Inn to me. Were people freaking out that Malachi Coleman, who's an OU target, and we know that his family, they're Nebraska fans, but were people saying, oh, my God, he's got a Nebraska hat on, this just points it to where he's going to end up committing? No, I don't think so. And,
1: look, I have talked to a lot of people around Malachi Coleman because that's really something that nobody has a clear answer on right now is where is he leaning? And at this point – Tyler no nobody around him believes that he's leaning towards any particular place and that means you can you can pretty much take him at his word when he says i want to see how my finalists perform on the field in the fall and if he is to be taken at his word you must be inclined to believe that Oklahoma's gonna have a dang good shot at this game. Yeah.
0: No, that's the best news I think OU could hear in this recruitment.
1: Well, and there there were people on the text line earlier saying, well, why doesn't Oklahoma just start pushing harder for Malachi Coleman if they don't get Anthony Evans? Well, b- believe me, they're all they're already pushing plenty hard. Malachi Coleman's been the only guy on the tight end board for months. Like,
0: oh OU- <laughs> yeah, OU's gonna pull out all the stops to get that dude to Norman. Make no mistake about it. I'm shocked, though, that there weren't people freaking out yesterday that he had the Nebraska hat on when he tweeted this out. I thought for sure that uh, OUinsider.com would have been like, well, how does this affect OU football recruiting if he's got a Nebraska hat on in the bathtub with all the offers on top of him? I'm, I'm very surprised that that take wasn't out there. Yeah, yeah I'm, sure, I'm sure it is. I just haven't seen it yet. Somebody said on the text line, listening in
1: Paradise, Texas. Yes, I have spent a lot of time in Paradise, Texas. My college roommate is from Paradise. It's a town of about 350 people, I believe. Literally a one stoplight town.
0: Well, whereas you may have spent a lot of time in Paradise, Texas, I've spent a lot of time on this text, listening from the strip in Las Vegas, Nevada. <laughs> as many times as you've been to Paradise, Texas, I think that's how many times I've uh, been on the strip in, in Vegas, so... Thank you. I don't know what the temperature is uh, right now in Vegas. I'm going to guess that it's really, really hot. But thank you for listening to us out there in the desert. Uh, Listener from the 402 says, So you're saying an OU guy in Brian Odom can recruit to USC?
1: Funny. Yeah, that's, that's the other end of this, is that if Brian Odom were still on Oklahoma's staff, Tackett Curtis would probably be a Sooner right now. No joke. But can't be... Can't be too bummed with how things turned out because, oh, you got a dang good linebacker haul as it is.
0: Yeah, no, I, yeah, and one, I, I saw something earlier on the text line that says, what's the deal? Why is uh, Heath Ozida and Phil Pachati, and is Lewis Carter still a three-star? Is, no, he's a four. Is, is, is he he's a four? Yeah. So they were asking about someone else. I totally blanked on who it was. It was Pachati, Ozida, Josh Bates. Okay, is, it first. was, when are they going to get their fourth star? Well, I feel pretty good that Phil Pachati is going to end up getting his his fourth star. Yeah, the other two, um, I I really like Josh Bates. The question is, you know, he plays in Durango, Colorado, and I'm not saying that this is the way that it should be, but a guy playing at IMG his senior year has a better chance to get a star bump than to get a kid playing in Durango, Colorado. No, I mean, no. whether that's and fair or not, that's just the reality of the recruiting process. Well,
1: and the consensus opinion is that Josh Bates is the best pure center in this class. He actually already does have a four-star rating, according to our Council of Experts at 24-7 Sports. He's just not a composite four-star yet. I think Pachati's going to get there. I think Bates and Ozita are two guys that could get there. I think Keon Brown is absolutely going to get there. So... If you're looking for those guys on the fringe that have the opportunity to pick up that fourth star, those are the four that I would concentrate on right
0: now. Great question from the 918, and it makes me think that we totally buried the lead today instead of going with the Macari Vickers week, which again, happy Macari Vickers week to all of you out there. Four star, listen as a safety. Parker says that he would play corner at OU that a Tallahassee. How does the Hooters NIL thing affect recruiting? I don't know, but it's definitely not going to hurt uh, OU's chances of recruiting in-state, locally, nationally, wherever it is. I saw some text on the text line that was like,
1: how do you think BV feels? Doesn't this NIL deal go against all of the things that he stands for morally? (laughs) I doubt Brent Venables is that worried. I don't think he's that worried either. His players
0: are doing
1: endorsements.
0: Offensive line recruiting? Bebo's got to lead with this now on the recruiting trail, right? Do you think it's going to be any coincidence whatsoever in the 2024 class if Beedenbo ends up signing 3 five-stars and 1 four-star in the 24 class? I just just watch out for it, Parker. Just watch out if they're using the Hooters NIL deal that was released today as a new recruiting pitch. It could happen. One listener
1: says, "Listening from Los Angeles, California.
0: Tonight is the USC walk-on tryouts. Should I go?" There's open spots on defense. You could try out as a defensive lineman, a linebacker, a corner, or a safety. You got a chance to make it on the team. Yes, go try out and, and tell us what it's like. And text us tomorrow and tell us uh, what, what the what the scene was like. I also heard Muleshoe doesn't have a punter. So I don't know if he's going to pull a Lane Kiffin and go down fraternity row. But apparently they need a punter too. That would be funny if he just he's this deep into the job and he just totally forgot about recruiting or bringing in a, in a punter. I don't think that that would surprise me all that much. Oh, we forgot to get a punter yeah, well, via you the know, portal? The, dang. This, uh, spin zone. Well, we're never going
1: to punt at USC. There's, we ain't going to need one.
0: That's, that's probably what Colin Cowherd told him, that he doesn't need a punter, <laughs> and just to forget about it and use the roster spot somewhere else, and he probably believed it. I can see that being Tune in
1: in November when which, Lincoln Riley is punting the ball away to Arizona State with 2.45 left in the fourth quarter and a three-point
0: deficit. Which, by the way, how perfect was it that – That graphic was out this weekend of Colin Cowherd's top 25. No one knew if it was real or not, but there was at least a chance that it was real because it had Colin Cowherd's name on it and that really says everything that we need to know about the way that he operates and thinks about college football because i think texas was like number 4 usc was number 5 ou was back at like 24 on the slip it was probably the worst preseason top 25 i've ever seen before in my life and i was inclined to believe that it was actually cowherd because it had his name on it apparently he's rooting for baker now so that's something just now all of a sudden he's yeah. he's rooting for baker that's what he said this huh. morning
1: He's rooting for Baker well, Mayfield. Well, sorry. The, he uh, said, his exact words were, Baker
0: is a very easy guy to root for. <laughs> oh, that's rich. Coming from him all these years. Sorry, dude. You are not on the Baker Mayfield uh, bandwagon. There, there's not. There's room for everyone else. There's not room for Cowherd. Sorry. Go kick rocks, buddy. Sam Darnold was the guy that you were anointing coming out of USC as the next great quarterback. Way better than Baker Mayfield. Wait, wait, wait. Hang on, hang on. Can I read you the exact quote? Please do. May 4th, 2022.
1: This was Colin Cowherd himself. Quote, "Sam Sam Darnold got a second team to give him a chance. Baker cannot find a
0: second team. That's the difference. Yikes. That one hurts. Cody Ford is now in his Arizona Cardinal. People are texting that in. So Ooh. Cody Ford traded the Cardinal. The, the gang's getting back together in Arizona this year. Hollywood Brown, Kyler Murray, Cody Ford. It's like the 2018 offense all over the again. The Cardinals got Cody Ford for a fifth round draft pick. That's that's a nice. I don't know how they got that. If that was like a cat, I, I don't know if that was a cat move. What if that was? But it's a heck of a deal for Arizona. 405-651-3439 is the Air Coverage Solutions text line. It is the ref. We're the homeless Sooner fans. Locked in with McComas and Thune. Live on the ref. We're the homeless Sooner fans. Tyler McComas, Parker Thune. To the Air Coverage Solutions text line we go. Dallas Bill says, Muleshoe was a big instigator for stronger regulations for portal transfers. Oh, wait. I need a punter. The portal should be open all year long. So what happened? Like, with the, did his punters... Punter just get hurt? I I don't know the whole
1: situation. I guess he had a punter that I guess, I forget, and it might have been both. I think there was a punter that was supposed to enroll from Australia but never showed up. (laughs) And I guess there was a punter that was on the team but left the team. Nice. I I don't know. Don't quote me on that. I don't know the situation. I just know that's been a big point of discussion among USC fans over the last couple of weeks is who's going to be the punter.
0: Peyton says Cardinals are the new Ravens. They're just full of uh, OU guys, yes. Uh, Cody Ford has sucked in the NFL. That is how. So what, you said they they traded a fifth-round pick? Fifth-round pick. To Buffalo to get him. Still, I'd trade a fifth-round pick for Cody Ford. Yeah. Tryout is only 30 minutes, not even enough to get winded. What do you think it consists of? I think it consists of 40-yard dash times. I mean, that's basically what it is, is a glorified pro day, essentially. You go through through the pro day, a couple drills here, just to see can you run and can you catch the ball. And can you swing kettlebells. Can you swing kettlebells. You don't even need to tackle there. They might sign you as a backer tonight. Who cares about that? They'll they'll do two-touch with everyone that shows up. There you go. Yeah, what did...
1: Uh, Let us know on the text line. What do you think the
0: USC walk-on football tryout actually consists of? Listening in Rancho Cucamonga, California, home of C.J. Stroud, who is uh, going to be my pick to win the Heisman Trophy this year because Ohio State's offense is going to be really good. Ohio State's defense, we'll see, in year one of Jim Knowles. But I got C.J. Stroud winning the Heisman, and I have Ohio State making it to the college football playoff. I am inclined to Real agree with I you.
1: I think the only thing stopping me from picking Bryce Young is just the fact that only one guy has ever won the Heisman Trophy twice, and so I feel yeah.
0: Like- and, and I don't know. I it, it's going to take something incredible for Bryce Young to win it all because you know how it is, man. If you start the year as the Heisman Trophy favorite, and I and I think technically C.J. Stroud is starting the year as the favorite, but if you're kind of the incumbent. We look for every single reason to not crown you the Heisman winner. Exactly. But if C.J. Stroud has a couple of losses in there and no one really is kind of just the obvious pick, then, yeah, if, if, if Bryce Young runs the table, he'll have a chance to win it for the second year. But it's going to have to be because there's no one else to vote for. It's just going to be incredibly difficult from here on out to win it that second year. It also just seems like the preseason favorite, whoever that may be,
1: generally isn't the guy that leads the pack at the end. Like think back 2018, it was Trevor Lawrence. Right? And by the end of the year it was a two-horse race between Tua and Kyler. 2017, everybody was handing it to Christian McCaffrey before that season started. Uh that didn't come to fruition either. I think injuries derailed that campaign. Last year, it was Spencer Rattler yeah. that was the preseason favorite, and Bryce Young was up there, but most everybody was placing the save money on Spencer Rattler at that point. It just
0: feels like one way or another, it's never the guy that everybody thinks it's going to be. My favorite baseball. is uh, it was like October, and it was at like 2014, 2015, whatever year it was. It was, well, <laughs> Leonard Fournette's going to win the Heisman Trophy, guys. Uh, I, mean, I remember that Leonard too. Fournette is going to win the Heisman. And then he had like 21 rushes for 38 yards or something like that against Alabama after he had already been crowned. And, and he wasn't even a Heisman finalist that year. We saw Kyla Murray win it virtually in the Big 12 championship game against Texas back in the 2018 season. And I so. get
1: 2020 was bizarre all, all around, but who had Devontae Smith winning the Heisman Trophy?
0: I year? mean, I, I agreed with that. I mean, there's three guys from Alabama that could have won the Heisman Trophy that year, yes. and, I, and I would have been fine with it. But I, I definitely agreed with Devontae Smith. By the way, um, have you trended any closer to picking your four for the college football playoff? Mine um, – I'm going with Ohio State and Bama. Lame. I don't think Georgia makes it, though. I think Georgia, I think Georgia has a little bit of a step back this year. I agree year. with you. Uh, I got Alabama, Ohio State, OU, and the one that I'm just really starting to sour on. I may need to change it. I, hadn't, I had not Notre Dame in there, but, God, yeah. everyone on the team's getting hurt the past couple of weeks. They've also got to face Ohio I, State. Uh, yeah, they're going to have also. to win out after they lose to Ohio State in week one. Which is doable, but...
1: Yeah, I, I I don't
0: know, man. I don't know. What do you think of Utah? Um, if I if I threw Notre Dame out, I would put Utah in. Okay. And my big thing with Utah was, well, it's the same thing for Notre Dame. Like I'm picking a team that I think is going to lose Week One to make the playoff, but I kind of think Utah's going to beat Florida Week One in the Swamp. It's going to be a really tough game, but. Anthony Richardson at Florida has been impressing throughout training camp, but their skill position, they they're just lacking skill talent-wise. I don't I just don't think Florida's going to be ready to win that game in Week 1. I, I think they're going to get better as the year goes on, but I think Utah's going to win it this one. No, I I agree with you 100%. And the Pac-12's going to suck, go. so especially the Pac-12 South That's the thing, man. man. You got a really clear path. You Pac-12, got a really clear path. Pac-12 South is awful. Arizona and Arizona State. Arizona State's a complete dumpster fire. Arizona's one of the worst. I know they got Jaden Delora, transfer quarterback, starting, but he's not – I mean, he may be a top five QB in the Pac-12 this year. Colorado in the Pac-12 South, they play TCU at home in week one. They're like an 11-point dog to TCU on their home field. Yeah, UCLA's got a chance to be okay with DTR coming back for his 19th year at UCLA. But the Pac-12 South isn't very – it's just not good. USC, I think what I think about SC, and they got to go to Salt Lake to play Utah this year. The more I think about Utah, the more I like them just purely based on their situation and their schedule. Do they have to play Oregon? No, they don't okay. have to play I, – I don't think they play Oregon in the Pac-12 championship game. You would think it would be who? Utah and Oregon in the Pac-12 championship game. Oh, okay. I yeah. thought,
1: okay, yeah, tracking, tracking. I misunderstood you there. Um yeah, Utah. It, if I had to pick today, I think Alabama and Ohio State are the two easy answers. After that, it gets real muddy. I would say Utah is my number three. At number four, it's got to be the Big Twelve champion, right? Yeah, like, almost, I think it almost it will has be. to be. Unless it's Clemson out of the ACC, and I'm just not that high on Clemson. By the way, do you see Brandon Streeter? Clemson's quarterback's coach, he had a press conference today in which he said, Cade Klubnick is going to play.
0: Yeah, well, I think Cade Klubnick, I think it's going to be very similar to a Trevor Lawrence situation back in, what was that, 2018, I guess? The only difference is Clemson won the national championship in 2018. I don't think Clemson's going to win the national championship this year. But my hot Clemson take is that Cade Klubnick is eventually the starter for Clemson this year. Alabama, Ohio State, Utah,
1: Clemson, final answer.
0: Woo! No OU in no the 14 playoff? No. OU. Whoa! How does this affect OU recruiting? <laughs> Parker does not pick OU in the 14 playoff. 405, 651, 34, 39. Uh oh. Nope, nope. I take it back. Oh, I, I no. He's already
1: back. changing it. I take it back. He
0: feels the pressure. He's going to put OU in I it.
1: questioned Clemson for way too long, and now your theory on Cade Club Nick caused me to make a snap decision there that I don't actually believe in. I don't think Clemson will make the playoff. I'll say OU is Ugh. the 14.
0: How will this affect OU recruiting? That Parker didn't pick OU in the 14 playoff, and then 30 seconds later, set later he does pick OU in the 14 playoff. The text line they were going to hammer you, and now oh, everyone's just rejoicing now that both you and I have them in the 14 playoff. But I think they're going 12 and one. I think they're going to go 12 and one, and now I think that they're going to be the four seed in the playoff. Here's my before we hit a break. Here's my honest like what I really think is going to happen this year, Parker. I think they go 12 and 1. I think they win the Big 12. I think they're the 4 seed in the playoff and I think they have to play Alabama in the first round. Now I'm picking Alabama like yeah, everyone else to yeah, win the national championship sure. this year. But but the good side of it this time around, and this is honest to God what I actually feel, because I feel like this OU team throughout the year is really going to grow, especially defensively. And we're already hearing some really good things about the offense and the offensive line. That progression's not going to stop just because the season starts. I think it's just going to continue to grow and grow and grow. OU will lose to Alabama in the 14 playoff, but this time around, man, you don't get just pushed around from the opening whistle. You don't fall behind 28-0 as soon as you blink. This time around, you come out of it saying, man, like Alabama's really good, but if one or two plays goes differently for OU, OU could have won that game. And I'm not saying that losing around here is accepted, but it's one of those situations where you really go toe-to-toe with the eventual national champion. You push them, and you go into 2023, Parker, saying, wow, year two with Brent Venables, after what happened in year one, here's your real chance to break through, make it to a championship game, and potentially win it all. That's that's what I think this year is going to look like. Has any program ever made the college football playoff with a first-year head coach? Uh, Lincoln Riley, right? 2017?
1: Exactly. So, and that was, <laughs> that was a team that was built by Bob Stoops. Yeah. And so, if that's the t- type of company you're in and you underwent all that change and that complete of an overhaul from the coaching staff down one year the next and you make the college football playoff in 2022,
0: if you're an Oklahoma fan, you got to be pleased with it, sure. regardless of what
1: happens thereafter.
0: Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on The Ref. More to come next. Keep it locked on the homeless Sooner fans. Elite Roofing Systems, bringing you this hour of Locked In with McComas and Thune, live on the ref for the Homosuiter fans. Elite Roofing Systems, they're servicing all of Oklahoma's roofing needs. Let Craig Cox and the team at Elite Roofing put over three decades of experience to work for you. EliteRoofOK.com Texas fan is calling me the Oklahoma Jeff Ketchum because I picked OU to make it to the playoff this year. Lose to Oklahoma State, end up in the Alamo Bowl, lose Caleb, lose Mario, and he thinks uh, because of those four situations that there's no chance that uh, OU can make the the playoff this year. There is no such thing as the OK. No, I take it. I take it
1: back. There is. <laughs> um, oh man, I um, love that. Regardless, no, that those those situations are not remotely akin to one another because, like, it's understandable. To take a team that is a top ten preseason poll program and expect them and put put them in your fourteen field and expect that they were ma- they will make the college football playoff. That's not out of the realm of possibility. That's not the hottest of
0: takes. They are a favorite in every single game that exactly right now.
1: Exactly, and so look. Is it bold to say that Oklahoma is going to make the playoff in their first season under a new head coach and with a new quarterback and with so much change last season to this year? Sure. I'll acknowledge that.
0: It is a bold take. It's not asinine. And it's certainly within the realm of possibility. Parker, can you give a percentage on where you think Anthony Evans ends up? Are you 50-50 like everyone else? 55 Georgia, 45 Oklahoma. Mm. And he is announcing on Friday, Yes, as is McCory Vickers, for all of you that don't know that. McCory Vickers, like, 100% of the crystal balls right now are to to OU. Yeah. Anthony Evans, crystal balls starting to trend towards Georgia. But on the 10 scale, they're at, like, a 5, so it's kind of like, I mean, I think it'll be Georgia, but I'm not super
1: confident about this one. I'm holding tight with my prediction for now. That could change in the next few days. But right now, I'm still riding it out with Oklahoma. It's going to be the Sooners, going to be the Bulldogs, one of those two. It's just a matter of which can make more progress in the next few days because I don't think the kid knows where he's going to school right now. I don't think he's 100% decided. So we'll see which coaching staff can uh,
0: establish the better final pitch. And again, and I'm not calculating in what the schools in front of OU if they're getting anything this week, I don't really know about LSU and Georgia and all that. Of course it's OU or Georgia for Anthony Evans. But if OU gets Anthony Evans and Macari Vickers, on Friday night, they'll be the number four overall class. And they'll be, I mean, right behind Notre Dame. Right behind Notre Dame for the number three overall class. And if you get Peyton Bowen to flip from Notre Dame to OU, then uh yeah, you're looking real good. All right, the rush is next. Keep it locked on the ref. We're the Homeless Sooner fans.